Hi, my name is Dr. Free and thank you so much for listening to this episode. Let me ask you a question. How would you like to be able to identify who you are so that you win in every situation? If I can reveal, unveil, and help you discover your true identity so that you win in every situation, would you like to know? If the answer is yes, then listen real close. In this episode, I will show you exactly how you too can identify who you are so that you win in every situation. We title this episode, False Identity, False or Fake Identity. Do you know who you are? Most people don't know who they are, so they fail in life or they struggle in life because they don't know who they are. When I used to work in the corporate world, and when you meet people either at work or at conferences or places, you ask them questions, and when you start talking, they, they begin immediately trying to identify who they are or identify themselves with what they do for a living. Hi, I'm the senior vice president of marketing. I'm the senior vice president of this or vice president of that role. Or I'm, I'm the general manager or the director of this company and I do X, Y, Z for the company. That is what people think they are. They identify or get their wealth from what they do for a living. It's, it's not really who you are, but that's what people identify themselves. I am white, I am black, I'm Hispanic, I'm Asian, I am this, I am that. That is what people actually identify themselves. And society has really taught us to identify ourselves with the wrong things. See, others identify, like I said before, identify themselves with their race, their nationality, and so forth. See, everyone on this planet that we live in desire to know who they are. See, if you don't know who you are, you have no aim. You, you are lost and, and others will feed you ideas of who you are and you struggle in life because without you knowing the true identity of you, you cannot succeed in many things. You struggle and you give up easily on certain things. Why do you want to know who you are? Why should you know who you are? Because when you know who you are, you win in every situation. Nobody can tell you something is not possible. Nobody can tell you you can't do it or it's going to fail or it's not possible. But when you know who you are, yes, you, when you know who you are, all things are possible to you. You can do anything you want to do when you understand who you truly are. Again, everyone on this planet wants to know who they are. Even Jesus wanted to confirm, though he knows who he is, he still asked the question. Confirming with his disciple, making sure that they understand who he is. So in Matthew 16, 13, Matthew 16, 13, he asked them this question. And, and here is how the story goes. He said, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, 
he asked his disciples saying, Who do men say that I, see how he qualifies it, the son of man am? Or he said, Who do men say that I am? Or who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Who do men say that I am? He asked the disciple this question. And here is their feedback, you know, based based on what they've heard people say. He asked them, who do these people think that I am? And his disciples have heard people talking about Jesus this way. So in verse 14, he said, so they said, some say John the Baptist. So here they are comparing Jesus to John the Baptist because before Jesus there wasn't that most powerful strong convinced understanding of who they are before Jesus John the Baptist was the man at the time some were saying that he is John the Baptist and some compare him to Elijah Elijah also was a powerful prophet who can call fire from heaven to consume his enemies to consume a battalion to consume anything that he wants to destroy he was one of the powerful prophet ever lived and others said they compare him to Elijah or one of the prophets so people outside of his his disciples they didn't really know who he was that they were comparing him to others who have come and gone and then Jesus said to the, his disciple, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter the rock answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. A revelation that Jesus liked and said unto him, Peter, or Peter means the rock. Jesus answered and said unto him, bless are you Simon by Jonah? For flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I, the Son of Man, because I know who I am, and I also say to you that you are the rock. You are a Peter, or a rock, Peter. And on this rock, on this rock, on this revelation that you have received, that I am the Son of Man, I am the Son of God, I will build my church on this rock. And the gates of hell, or Hades, shall not prevail against it. He knows who he is. And because of that, and the revelation that Peter received, he said, I'll build my church on this. I will do this that I want to do, and nothing can stop it. The gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And because you know who I am, I will empower you, Peter. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I will empower. See, when you know who you are, you will be empowered. When you understand who you truly are, you will be empowered, in this case, with the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And, and here is what happens when you are empowered. So whatever you permit or bind on earth, meaning whatsoever you permit in your life on this earth, shall be permitted in heaven. So when you speak something, it shall be permitted in heaven. And the Bible asks the question, heaven is within you. 
or the kingdom of heaven is like this. And he gives so many examples what the kingdom of heaven is really is. So he said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So meaning, whatsoever you decide to do, you have been empowered. And when you are empowered, because you know who you are, whatsoever you do on earth shall be done in heaven. Whatsoever you bind or permit or don't permit, so shall it be. So it's very critical, very important to know who you are. See, when a newborn child comes to this world that we live in, that child has a clean slate of mindset. And it depends on what the parents and society fill that child with. If that child, you begin to tell that child who they are from day one and feed them with who they truly are, society cannot change them. Peer pressure cannot change them because from day one, you've made it your goal to let them understand who they are. So that child comes with wide open mind, wide open spirit to receive what the parents and the system or society tell them who they are. You are rich or you are poor. You are a loving person or you can feed them bad things. And in some cases, they become menace in society. So what are you feeding your children of who they really are? See, when you know who you are, again, I will say this, that you can do anything when you know who you are. So who are you? Who, who really are you? Do you know the true you? Again, we derive our teachings from the Bible. I believe it's the best life-changing book ever, ever written. So I always say this, that you are not your five senses. So stop identifying yourself with your five senses. That's not who you are. Some say, I'm a morning person. I'm too emotional. I don't have any emotions at all. You are not your five senses. You are a life-giving spirit. So, you are a spirit being. You have a soul that transacts in this world that we live in. The currency of this world is your body. So, you are a spirit with a soul, but then you live in this body. And that is what gives life. That spirit being that dwells in you gives life to your mortal body. And you use your mortal body to transact in the world that we live in. I gave in another episode, I gave an example of that. When you live in a house, you are that spirit that dwells in that house. I'm talking about your body that lives in that house. When you vacate that house for a year or more and no one goes in or out of that house, things begin to happen inside and outside of the house. The lawn gets messy. Things begin to move in. Nobody takes care of that house. Roaches and others and rats and things can move in. All right, regardless of the neighborhood, because I've seen an example where in 2008, when beautiful homes were vacated because of the crash of the market, I saw nice houses that things begin to move in. The lawn was messy. Nobody was taking care of the lawn because there wasn't a life in that house. In some cases, there were, you know, roaches and rats and others made their way inside of a house that has been sitting there for two years without any care being given to it. In the same way, you have the spirit that gives life to your mortal body. And when you are not in that body anymore, you are considered dead. You lay down. 
and they bury you or they cremate you. So you are, understand who you are. You are a life-giving spirit. You have a soul and you transact in this world through your body. So in 1 Corinthians 15.45, and we're going to get into this scripture a little bit more for, uh, deeper than we've ever been. You are a life-giving spirit. So it is written in 1 Corinthians 15.45. So it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being, meaning he, he became just a living being and, you know, transacting through the body, with his, through his soul, became that living being. And the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. Even when you look at the sample, when man was created out of the dust of the earth, there was no life-giving spirit in him. And the Bible said God breathed life into that body and he became a living being. But the second Adam came and when that second Adam or the Christ activates, activates in you, and you acknowledge him, you become a life-giving spirit. That life-giving spirit, which is Christ, already in you. You probably don't know it yet. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 15.35 and really read through that scripture. You can understand the full picture of who you really are and what this scripture is talking about. So it begins to give some examples of the flesh or the physical, your five senses, and also the life-giving spirit that dwells in you. So in verse 35, he said, But someone will say, How are the dead raised up? You know, because they talk about death and resurrection. And they were asking, like, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come, right? So if you died in this body that you dwell in, in the physical, and you get buried and they say the dead are raised, then what body do you rise in? That's the question these guys are asking. And he answered them that you are so ignorant. What you sow is not made alive unless it dies. So in this case, you've had a garden or a farm before. If you sow a seed, that seed must die and rotten. That's what he's talking about. That you are so ignorant that what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. In verse 37. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be. Meaning if I sow a corn, I don't expect the raw corn to come back to me in the same way that I sow the, the corn seed. In verse 37 again, it says, And what you sowed, you do not sow that body shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat, corn, or some other grain. That is what you sow. You sow an apple seed, you are not expecting the seed itself, that little seed, to come back to you that way. It comes in a different form. Right, that's what he says. But God gives it a new body as he pleases, and to each seed his own body. Again, when you sow an apple seed, a little seed that is in the apple, you do not get the seed, the same seed back. You get what? Apple tree. It comes in the form of apple tree, and that apple tree produces the actual apple that we eat. And that's what he's saying. So again, in verse 38, but God gives what you sow a new body as he pleases, and to each seed his own body. He said, all flesh are not the same flesh, right? All flesh are not the same. Apple is different from banana, oranges, and others. But there is one kind of the flesh of man. So now he's going to talk about you and I. He invested in, I said, all flesh is not the same flesh. 
But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. There are also a celestial body. Pay close attention to this in verse 40. There are also celestial bodies. So the celestial bodies are not operating in this physical system or the five senses world that we live in. The celestial bodies do not operate in this five senses world. And also, there are terrestrial bodies, the terrestrial bodies of this world system, right? So the celestial bodies do not operate in this world system, but the terrestrial body, that is where we operate in the physical. So the terrestrial body of this world system. And then, but the glory, then, so he goes on to explain what the celestial and the terrestrial body, what they do, or the functions. He goes on and explain the functions of the celestial body and the function of the terrestrial body. These are two different bodies, and he's going to explain what they do or how they operate in these systems. Alright, so now we understand what the celestial body, where they operate, they do not operate in the physical system. And the terrestrial body operate in this physical world. That is your body. You have a terrestrial body, and we will talk about that in a minute. But the glory or how these bodies operate, of the celestial body is one thing, and the glory of the terrestrial body is also another thing. How it operates is a different matter. There is one glory of the sun, how the benefit or how the sun operates. So he's giving you now so many other examples of how things operate. He said there is one glory of the sun. The purpose or how the sun operates is another thing or is different from the glory of the moon. The purpose of the moon is also another thing. It's different from how the sun operates. And the glory of the star, in this case, plural, the glory of the stars are different. For one star differs from the other. Actually, when you study astrology and all those things, one star the purpose of one star is different from the other stars. They are not all the same. They are not doing the same thing. All the functions are not the same. In verse 42, he said, So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in a natural body or terrestrial body. It is raised in a spiritual or celestial body. There now, listen to this. There is a natural body, your physical, your terrestrial, and there is a spiritual body. So it is written. Now, listen to this. The first man, Adam, became a living being or became a terrestrial body and the last adam the son of man became a living spirit a life giving spirit i'll read you that again verse 45 so it is written the first adam became a living being a terrestrial body the last adam became 
a celestial body or a life-given spirit and that life-given spirit dwells in you. That is who you truly are. You must begin to live through the life-given spirit, the celestial body that you have. However, the spiritual, so in verse 46, he said, however, the spiritual is not the first. The spiritual wasn't the first. Do you remember when he said in Matthew 20, 16, So the last shall be first, and the first shall be last? So in verse 40, 46, he said, However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. Well, let's read verse 46 again. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. Meaning, your terrestrial was first. The celestial or the spiritual was second. And afterwards, the spiritual. So you have your natural body, the first, and then afterwards, the spiritual. The first man, this this is very, very interesting. It said the first man was of the earth, earthy. He was made out of the earth, just like in Genesis when it said God made, created, or made him, Actually, they didn't create, but formed man out of the dust of the earth, of the clay of the earth. So he said, the first man was made of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven, who now dwells in you, who is the life-giving spirit who dwells in you. Verse 48, as was the man of the dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of the dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. So the question is, whose image are you bearing? Are you doing things through the first man, Adam? Or you are doing through the life-giving spirit that dwells in you? You are alive given spirit. You are a spirit being and not your body. Stop identifying yourself with your five senses. Stop identifying yourself with what you can see, what you can feel, what you can touch, what you can experience in this world. That's not who you are. You are a life-given spirit and you must start beginning to identify yourself with the life-given spirit that lives in you. You must begin to do things through your life-given spirit. That is the person when the Bible says all things are possible to him. That is the person that all things are possible to. That is the person who can stand where you stand today and say something that you are healed. You are at that place. You have received that which you want to receive. You have got the job you want to get. You have done the business and it is successful the way you see it. And it is true that very moment. That spirit being that dwells in you, everything is possible to that man. And when you start begin to operate from the true you, your true identity, the terrestrial, the physical man has no option but to give in to the life-giving spirit. That is how you overcome every situation. So know this and understand this, that you are a spirit being and not your body. Stop operating from your five senses. So we are talking about what is in this for you. How 
Do you really know who you are and win in every situation? How do you win in every situation? Stop falsely identify yourself with your five senses, your terrestrial body, your physical, and begin to operate from the celestial body, the life-giving spirit that dwells in you. So what is in this for you? Know that you are a spirit being, one. Stop operating from your five senses. Start today to operate from the second man who is the Lord from heaven who is within you. He is alive in you. He lives in you. The Bible asks the question, don't you know that you are the temple? He's asking you, don't you know that the life-giving spirit, the Christ, the creative power of Christ dwells in you to create anything you want to create? Don't you know that Christ lives in you? So now that I understand who I am, how do I make anything possible in my life? I live through that lenses. I do not let my physical, my five senses determine who I am. I don't call myself a morning person or a night person. I don't call myself introvert or extrovert. I don't call myself I'm capable of this or that. I don't call myself anything. I call myself a life-giving spirit. I understand who I am. So I live through that. Therefore, I can speak boldly and I can declare things and I believe it comes to pass because with that man, all things are possible with men who believes who they are, who understand who they are. When they declare things, it is so and they can stand firm in that belief. So know who you are. You are not your five senses. You are not who you think you are. Stop identifying yourself with the wrong thing. I'm the VP of this. That's just what you do to gain an income. That's not who you are. You are a life-giving spirit and begin to live like that. Begin to operate from within out. When you try to change from outside in, it's a struggle. You cannot win that battle. But when you begin to operate from within, from the life-giving spirit that dwells in you, then the Bible says all things become possible to you. Again, my name is Dr. Free and thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe right now and tell your family and friends to subscribe today.